line. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Only Julie Gibson's Listening. All right, there's our one Julie, two Julie Gibson uh, references for the show. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because today we're actually talking about Julie Gibson's favorite uh, book. Oh. <laughs> And by and by that, I I have no idea if it's actually her favorite book, <laughs> Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, or as us Americans know it, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Like so, that's something that's kind of interesting about this is like they change the names because they're like philosopher doesn't sound like philosopher sounds like an educator, but sorcerer sounds like a magician. Yeah. So. That's why they ended up making the switch there. I think in England it's still referred to as Philosopher's Stone, but either way, I think it was smart to go with uh, Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. Would have confused um, uh, too many people in the beginning, not well, knowing that. And f- in all fairness to this review, I read Harry Potter 1, 2, and 3 when I was probably 11 or 12, um, and then I didn't finish the series. Came back and finished the series about six months ago. So as a 28-year-old man (laughs) reading books for uh, small children, because all of these people that I know that are like my age who grew up with it are like these huge fans. And so I'm like, well, maybe maybe I missed something when I was growing up. Mm. But uh, spoiler alert, I did not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did. I bounced between the movies and the books. I started a little late. So it ended up being like, I'll read one. I'll read two. I'll read part of three. Oh, the movie's coming out. I'll watch that. And then I'll watch the fourth. Then I'll read the fifth. And then I'll read the eighth, seventh. Yeah. Too many. Well, I am too many. There's no eight. Yeah. Eh, who knows? No one knows. Yeah. So let's be honest. There is an eighth movie. So yeah. in a way, you're kind of right. <laughs> um, classic money grab. Um, but with this book, I was just, it's, it's interesting how like nostalgia plays such a big role in basically anything that we end up liking as we grow up. Because I'm just like, I wonder if, if everyone just forgot about Harry Potter and how much they loved it as a child and whatnot, if they reread it now, like I did, if they'd be like, well, this is the dumbest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason that I want to talk about it now is because reading these and putting, investing like. 24 total hours i imagine reading it um like i did my due diligence and i want my recompense right now by ripping it to shreds <laughs> so anyone who thought this was going to be a nice uh, little nostalgic thing for you reminding you how great harry potter was you were sorely mistaken <laughs> um so basically what we want to do in this one is we want to talk about Basically, a lot of the ideas from all of Harry Potter, um, but more with a focus on Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the first book and obviously the first movie, um, because Harry Potter 1, you can totally tell, in my opinion, you can totally tell in 1, 2, and 3 that J.K. Rowling is just like, just BSing, like just trying to figure out this world she's trying to create, and then by about 4-ish, the Goblet of Fire, she's finally like hit her stride and then after that there's only three more books so it's like oh well it took you it took you about uh 2000 pit no like 1500 pages to um finally get what you're trying to say so congratulations jk but the, simmons but these things oh <laughs> uh, yes yeah because he wrote all these books um yeah he wrote all these books surprise but impressive how these things caught on like wildfire like growing up those were like the books 
that everyone talked about. And I mean, surprisingly, there's uh, a lot of like, you know, those Christian religions that were anti Harry Potter because of wizards. Can I tell you, that's actually one of my major plot holes. What I hate about the Christians hating Harry Potter mm-hmm. is this is such a um, Judeo-Christian book. Why are all these wizards, why are they celebrating Christmas? Mm-hmm. Why are they celebrating Easter? Those are the only two I can think of off the top <laughs> of my head. But like they, they basically live exactly, they, re, they celebrate the exact same things. Like If you think about it, there shouldn't be a Christmas break for wizards. Um, but there is because all wizards are Christians, apparently. So Happy Christmas, Ron. <laughs> but uh, that's like but what you said is true like that the for some reasons christians hated it uh, but like um not to get too much into like our religion or anything like that i always felt like um the lds religion was very o- okay with it if that makes sense it was more like my um very hardcore christian friends whose families would be like no you can't read this but uh, as far as mormonism goes 100 percent okay yeah i agree most of most of my friends were totally fine. The ones that were like other, you know, sects of Christianity were much more wary of actually reading them. Yeah, <laughs> and like looking looking at it once again as a twenty eight year old, no idea why, <laughs> no idea why you would be afraid to like have your kid read this book about yeah. um uh about eleven year old wizards who have zero adult supervision. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so a quick, uh, quick refresh of, um, of the plot. Um, basically it's uh, star Wars episode four. <laughs> so a child, so a child, um, child who lives with his uh, aunt and uncle because his parents are dead. Mm-hmm. Doesn't know where his parents are, uh, discovers that he has these magical powers and with these magical powers, he's allowed to go and train, on how to use these magical powers. At a, I'm going to try not to, I'm just going to do like the Star Wars version. Train on how to use these powers. Turns out there's a terrible, terrible dark person who has the opposite sort of power from the good light power. He eventually de- defeats this person. End of story. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've always, I've always, like, and then you got Chewbacca's basically Hagrid, right? Yeah. So Chewbacca's Hagrid. But... So for for my thing is like I think Harry's stupid. He's an eleven year old who, in the very beginning of the book, is able to make glass disappear and he's able to speak with snakes and he's not thinking like he's special or anything like mm-hmm. that. Like you've never seen anyone else do that, Harry. Um that that was my first bothersome thing of this book as I'm reading it. Just talks with snakes, you know, something normal. Any, anyone can do it. Oh, and um, and the whole, like, what bothers me too is like, would, would that, his parents, or his, I guess, what would you call him? Would his aunt, uh, uncle. aunt and uncle really put him underneath a cupboard? I never understood why they hated Harry so much. I know it adds to the story, like you have a, another um, antagonist or whatever, but. Well, there was like, there's that one scene of like, Petunia saying, my sister, the witch, she was the favorite, you know. She got everything, and so I'm going to take it out on you tiny 11-year-old boy because my sister's dead, and that's not justice enough for me. Well, yeah, but can't, like, that's what's another thing. Like, that's not human emotion at all. There have been people, I guarantee, not to bring up, like, super touchy subjects, I guarantee when Bill Cosby dies, people are going to be sad. The People were sad yeah. when Michael Jackson died. Yeah. 
and he did terrible, horrible things. And so it just doesn't make sense to me why Petunia hates um, Lily so much after this horrific um, event where her and her husband die. Um, that just seemed like it seemed like J.K. Rowling was reaching on that one just to create uh, an antagonist in the start of the book to just kind of build up art, which I understand you need tension in a book or else it's not a book, but find it somewhere else. And so uh, Harry finally discovers that he's a wizard um, because Hagrid shows up. Um, once again, mm-hmm. Harry is stupid. Um, well, shares up. Yeah, sorry. No, I was like, there's the, I mean, when Hagrid shows up, him not knowing that Harry Potter like doesn't know is like well they send like hundreds of owls. Oh, they send hundreds <laughs> of owls, and then Hagrid's just like, "Wait, you don't know?" Like, I don't. You had to send so many owls. Like, I'm assuming like these people are keeping a secret from you know. <laughs> that is very like well, and and all of these uh, all the mail coming through the chimney. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just so, like, obviously that's impossible. That's impossible unless there's not something magical happening. Exactly. <laughs> well, and once again, I'm trying to, like, imagine what it's to be like, like, an 11-year-old. I'm just like, I wasn't, was mm-hmm. I that dumb as an 11-year-old? Yeah. I know I was dumb, but that dumb? I Just saying. <laughs> watching, and watching the, the scene, that everything's coming through the the fireplace, and he's just jumping in the air, reaching at him. I'm looking at all the the envelopes on the ground, and on I'm like, ground. just... <laughs> Like just pick one up off the ground and run. Like you're not. We need movement. Up. Exactly. We need movement in the scene, yeah. uh, Daniel. So uh, jump up and down. No, I, and the, once again, the fact that he doesn't know that that's happening, like what's going on, makes me very upset. And then also, like when they're finally they're like, "All right, Hagrid shows up." He's like, "All right, I'm taking Harry with me." We're going like, "Oh no, you're not." Wait, time out. Don't you guys hate this kid and hate taking care of him? Wouldn't you want to just get rid of him? Why? Like, yeah, why do they want him to stay so bad? That makes no sense to me. After all of the horribleness of how they've treated him, I just never understood why they were like, no, you can't do this. Yeah, and it could be just the idea of they don't want him to end up being happy. Like, oh, he'll be happy there. If we keep him here, we can force him to be miserable. Do you want to talk about Dudley at all? I feel like that was kind of just a... Another thing, like to throw in there to make just, people angry, just but in there to be an extension yeah. of his parents. Yeah, like oh, we love Dudley and we hate you. Mm-hmm. Cool. So then uh, Harry gets to find out he's a wizard. He has to get ready to go to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry um, and get all of his stuff, uh, his books, his wand, his pet, um, his, um, his, his yeah, so his owl, and then. Also, he gets to go and discovered that he has a small wizarding fortune, which I would just like to read some stats really quick. (laughs) This is a huge thing from when I real I didn't realize this as I was reading the book because in the movies his parents look like they're in their mid thirties at least or forties, you know, like they're they're force ghosts. Um, (laughs) And so James Potter, born twenty seventh of March nineteen sixty, dies October thirty first Halloween. How scary. Um, 1981, which would mean he was 20. He was 20, going on 21 mm-hmm. at his uh, time of death. No, no, no. He was he was 21. Sorry, I'm I'm horrible. Same thing with uh. So Lily was older. She was born in January 1960, also 21. And they have a small fortune. Uh, I no idea. Where did um, where did where did it come from? 
Yeah, so because they graduated from Hogwarts, if I'm not mistaken, at the age of 17, maybe 18. So that's two years to build up a small fortune. Um, one of the answers that I've heard is that Harry Potter's grandparents were really wealthy. Mm. And then my follow-up to that would be like, all right, so why are you going to live with Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon? Yeah. Go live with your grandparents on either side of the family because your grandparents aren't going to be that old either if your parents were 20 when they died. dad when they're 20s and what happened to both sets of his grandparents, yeah. Yeah, let's say let's say his both sets of grandparents were in their 40s when they had James and Lily. That would still only make them 60 years old at this time, which odds are at least one of these grandparents is alive. Yeah. And and even then like the fortune in comparison to like obviously they don't give an amount, but like they left you a for, a small fortune, but like in comparison to what what do other people have? Like the the um, the Weasleys always seem like they were poor. You know, and he worked for it, the Ministry of Magic, and they've always poor. And, but like, how much more money does Harry Potter have in comparison to them? And, yeah, it's, um, and like in the movie, I know that it like shows the gold, like when they mm-hmm. go to the bank. In the book, it doesn't really explain how much it is, but it's not a small, maybe it's a small fortune for like a kid who doesn't have any bills. Um, but if you really think about it, should wizards have bills at all? Like most everything they do is via magic. Like it's not like you need a cell tower just to Ma- communicate with each other. Magical bank you accounts. You can basically build your house magically as well, so you don't really have to go get a loan and a mortgage. <laughs> so I, I've never understood. I've never understood why the Weasleys were poor. Honestly, yeah. Um, couldn't you just do Reparo or whatever the freaking magic just spell is on like? On their clothing and like just get nicer looking clothing <laughs> in their ha- in their house and just any yeah that's actually really interesting. Um, but once again, I go back to we always a lot of people like say like the genius of J.K. Rowling. If she didn't write book three, like if she had just got to book two, I don't I per- like because she released I think all three at the same time. If she had just released one and two at the same time, I don't foresee. Because three was a great book. I enjoyed reading three. I enjoyed reading four. Five was stupid. Six was good. Seven was okay. Um, one and two I thought were so amateur as far as the writing goes. Um, but three, I really feel like in three and four, she just like knocked it out of the park. So if she hadn't have had three, I think you aren't. we aren't talking about Harry mm-hmm. Potter right now. Just that, uh, it's just like Aragon or whatever that dragon book is. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, the fourth, even the fourth movie was one of my favorites. I think it has a lot of re- replay value. Well, because they start to get dark. In number three, you have the Dementors. Um, in number four, you have um, the death of Cedric. Uh, Cedric. Mm-hmm. Um, Cedric dies, which is awesome. I mean, not awesome that he dies, but just like, yeah, let, let's get real in these books. So if, if you're reading these books at the age of how old Harry Potter is. You're 14 by then. Um, I think that's kind of cool that she's like, maybe it's time to talk to kids about death. I'll, I'll decide for the, par- this is why the Christians hated her. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to parent your children for you. Person one and two were not my favorites. And I think she's just experimenting, like trying to figure out and create this yeah. world. And, and this is what I hate too. People always say like JK Rowling is this great world creator. I'm going back to the Christmas thing. What did she really create? She set a little bit of magic in modern day England. 
and just used everything. Like, she mentions PlayStation in, um, which book is it? I want to say it's book three. She talks about PlayStations. I'm just like, all right. Like, so you're, it's just, you didn't create a world. You just extended to the world that you, that you already know. Yeah. So for traditional, like fantasy style books, there's a lot more that's for sure that can be done. Oh, Cause it's fantasy. You can do any, literally anything and make your own, like, you don't have to obey the law of fit. Like Star Wars being a perfect example of that. Like you don't have to obey any laws of fit. Like it's a, it's a science fantasy. It's not science fiction. Um, just do whatever you want. Uh, that, that, like all of the, there's so many like magical things that, um, that totally bother me in this thing. Um, the, the disapparate thing, like, why are they taking a train to Hogwarts? Can somebody explain that to me? Like when I found out that there, there was disaspiration, I don't know if that's a, <laughs> no, you know, um, <laughs> uh, why couldn't they fly? And I was, I was thinking about that. The, there's like the two sides of like one, the train could be symbolic or, uh, tradition for like oh you know everyone for the first time goes on the train and rides to hogwarts as like the you know welcome to the school here's the beginning of your orientation run through this brick wall to test your fears <laughs> like you know that's cool yeah yeah, yeah. so like i th- like i'm sure and i don't think it mentions it but i'm, I'm sure it's got to be like tradition because they don't well, actually i need to double check do they take that train every year Maybe it is. Well, they do take the train. I'm trying to remember in the movies. Like, for some reason, they take boats up to Hogwarts in one of the movies. But I don't know. Is that like... That's like the norm. That's part of the tradition as well. And then eventually, they take the Thestrals um, in book four? Because, I mean... Or five? There's even one in book... I think it's book three where Ron and Harry miss the train. And so, they take his dad's flying car. So, I think that's book two. So, these 12-year-olds are driving a flying car. Yeah. So let's just do that from now on. <laughs> and, and I know people have been like, well, you know, you can't disaspirate or disapparate into Hogwarts. I'm like, yeah, but you could go to, I forget the name of the little town that's right down Hogsmeade. there. Hogsmeade. Hogsmeade. Like, yeah, you could disapparate there, walk up to, walk up to, um, to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. But I do like that. That, that is kind of nice. Like the. You have the tradition of being shunned by your brothers and sisters when you're on the train going up to Hogwarts. Like Harry and Ron meeting to me is one of is another one of those things that like cool that they become friends, whatever. But like, screw uh, Ron's brothers. Oh, the <laughs> like friend. Oh, friend it's your George. first. Even my brother, who was like five years older than me, he at least let me live with him for one semester at college before like I went off on my own and like. Obviously, I know he viewed me as like his little brother who he didn't really respect or like that much, but this is just a train ride and his brothers won't let them sit in the, in the, in a train car with them. I think that's, that's like, um, George or right. George and Fred. Fred. Yeah. And then, uh, the prefect. Oh yeah. Uh, Percy. Percy was there as well. And none of them sat with him. Just bothers me a little bit. I think I mean, obviously it lets Ron and them be friends with each other, but it bothers me. It, contention in every scene push, exactly. pushes the plot forward. So, yeah. Um, but here on the train, we're introduced to um, 
the chocolate frogs that jump around. Right. We get to meet Dumbledore for the first time via the card that Harry Potter gets. Mm-hmm. Um, other wizards like uh, Merlin. Um, even the tro- <laughs> even the trolley lady. Who's the trolley? Who's she? It's just it's just a anything from the trolley. <laughs> For me is okay. Gotcha. They got the actress. Okay, I, was, I thought it was like book related. I'm like, is she something? Is she important? Apparently, she's gotcha. a little more. Uh, I get not important, but there's a bigger scene for with her in the in the Fantastic Beasts. No, that's not it. The Cursed Child screenplay, where she actually like whips out magic and starts like messing around with the kids that are trying to steal stuff or something. I actually haven't read it, so I can't oh. even speak to it. Cool. But. Yeah, too bad she wasn't there helping uh, Harry with the Dementors in um, in number in number three. Nope. <laughs> um, but so here's another thing I hate about um, wizarding. But kids are eating Tide Pods, so maybe I shouldn't be so upset about this. But like Birdie Bots, every flavored beans. Um, what's that about? <laughs> what? Like, oh, one time I had a vomit flavored one. Why are we buying what? this? Could you imagine if Jelly Belly? I, I know Jelly Belly did this mm-hmm. like as a thing with Harry Potter and the movies and whatnot, like because people are stupid. Uh, <laughs> like they, they're like, yeah, yeah, I would love to have, um, I'd love to have a vomit flavored one. That sounds great to me. Oh, how about a raw fish flavored one? How about oh, a, also a bogey flavored one once? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's what? This is just teaching kids that gambling's okay. I don't like that at all. <laughs> Which one? This one? Could it be popcorn? I'm I'm amazed. I I want to know how much they actually sold of make of normal humans because that I mean that that became a huge thing. I remember trying it multiple times. Like I feel like everyone around me was like, I gotta try some birdie bots over flavored beans. Obviously, it was just like a quick fad. But did you like them? Uh, I wasn't willing to take the chance. Well, I mean, sorry, I tried a couple, but it's more of like, okay, cool, that was a cool one time experience, and never again. Yeah. Okay. That's I, I well, I've already explained that I wasn't a huge Harry Potter guy, so I stayed away from this stuff as much as I as possible. Like the most recent Harry Potter thing I did was um, Universal Studios Harry Potter Wizarding World. Um, stupid, you're all stupid people that go there, um, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for saying that, but J.K. Rowling is just generation after generation after generation after is going to be taken care. Of like of her kids because of freaking like the wizarding world. She gets a cut of everything. I'm gonna go buy a wand. You know that wand doesn't do anything, right? Yeah, but <laughs> it's a story, right? I can put it on Instagram. Yeah, that's stupid. You you just spent fifty dollars for an Instagram story. Congratulations. Uh, but being Mister like um, fist waving seventy year old man, the butterbeer, mm-hmm. that stuff's good. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got the like the um the slushy version of it. Mm-hmm. So good. Like it's one of my favorite drinks. Um that's not true. Like if I if I ever go again, I'm definitely gonna um I'm definitely gonna get those again. Nice. Really good. Nice. And you went to is this you went to Southern California? I went to LA one. Okay. You went to the Florida one? Actually no, I haven't been to either, but I I would <sighs> want to go to the Florida one. That's so embarrassing. Are you a little embarrassed that I've I've been and you haven't, man? Just a tad, just slightly. I'm very embarrassed for you. But I'm, you know, when I get there, I'm, I'm getting a wand. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's so expensive. <laughs> well, it's one of those I things like where the... I'll, I'll like test it, and then I'll, I'm going to go buy one after the fact for like twenty bucks. 
And also, like, the rides weren't that great. They were all, like, those 4D ones where you have the uh, 3D the goggles best. on. Yeah. And you everyone's throwing up afterwards because they're so jarring and just make you so nauseous. Um, I don't know. Just uh, not one of my things. Not big on it. Um, so what else? Is there is there anything else on the train? Not even just like in general. Uh, just the train. Hermione. No, yeah. And then we meet Hermione too, who um, muggle-born. Um, we find out very quickly how prejudiced wizards are. Oh, that's right. Like, like once again, holy crap. Like the... the <laughs> The prejudice that that wizards have towards people who are muggle-born. Muggle-born, for those of you who don't know, are people born to uh, non-witches. Yes. Um, Witchers are wizards. So Hermione's parents are normal humans. And she just got the magical... uh, uh, Do you think it's like a DNA thing? (laughs) It's like like it's a meta... Like there's a metachlorian-like thing in wizards (laughs) that just like... I mean, Yeah, I guess that... Oh, it's actually interesting. I don't know because it's like the combination of like magic isn't science, but but if it's DNA related, then it is science. <laughs> like she'd be, it's got to be, it has to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's metachlorians. But we find out uh, the antagonist throughout the movie, uh, Draco Malfoy, uh, will say mudblood, which based on how people are reacting to that, I assume is like the N word. Yeah, or maybe maybe a little bit less than that because. The fact that he's willing to say it as often as he says it just leads me to believe that it's not. Because if it was, people would be beating the crap out of this dude all the time. Yeah. So it's got to be something a little bit under that. Um, but it could be... No, never mind. Nope. I was going to say, like, back then, maybe the... There's, like... If you say that now, you get so much backlash. Okay, yeah. I mean, back then, we're talking... Like, this is technically... <clears throat> 1993-ish, right? Yeah. It's the early 90s yeah. is when this is going on, um, which is which bothers me a little bit. Because <laughs> the movies don't do a good job of representing it as a 1990s. But the, the, and I mean, they're, they're not being like a lot of like mudbloods around like the kids at the time or even at the school. There's like very few of them. There's not like other people who would go jumping to Hermione's aid. <laughs> um. Until she gets friends, uh, Ron and Harry, who then... Exactly. And, and you know what else bothers me? Like, I, I, I lived in Mexico for a couple years, and people would be swearing around me all the time in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Never bothered me because I didn't grow up with that stigma, obviously. Like, we give words their power is ultimately what I learned from that. Uh, why is Harry offended ever? Whenever, like, muggle or mudblood is, is tossed around? If you really think about it, like, him being 11, he'd probably just be like, that just sounds like a bunch of BS to me. Like, I don't know. That that, that doesn't sound... That. And it shouldn't bother Hermione either, having never been exposed to, like, that that type of language. I don't know. Just another another little thing where I'm like, why are you freaking out? Um, but we're introduced to Draco, only child. Hermione, only child. Harry Potter, only, only child. child. Um... James, as far as I know, only child. Mm-hmm. Lily had a sister. Like, um, it's very interesting that uh, in the Wizarding world, besides the Weasleys, um, it seems that it's just one, one child in the family. And I think this could be because, once again, 
you don't want to spend that much time writing about other people's families if you're J.K. Rowling. But I, I just thought that was interesting how how little they procreate <laughs> um, in the wizarding world. Yeah. It really is. Wheezy's like eight kids, but other than that, everyone else, I'm not familiar with any other siblings. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, I, and even like the friends that they meet. Um, <sighs> I forget all their names. Neville Longbottom yeah. is definitely an only child because his parents, as we find out later in the books, uh, get hexed. Yeah. Even the, like, that blonde girl, uh, Luna Lovegood. Luna Lovegood, only child. Um, I guess La Fleur has her little sister. But once again, that's just oh, a, that's true. It's a plot device. That's true. It's a plot device because you need her for that and this is in uh, book four she has to go and save someone from the river as part of the triwizard tournament um and so that's why you have her because she's like well you need someone that matters Mm -hmm. um all right so now we're at hogwarts um along i imagine see this is this just just to just to point out look how long we've talked about this train ride (laughs) and how pointless it is just get them there just get them there they don't need they don't need their uh, jelly beans or their chocolate frogs. Just get them. Just get just just, just get them to the school. Just uh, yeah, let's get them. And by the way, let's get them to the most uh, unsupervised school in the history of schools, which happens to have magic. I don't know. That's something that bothers me. So they get to school. They uh, they get sorted into the four houses: mm-hmm. um, Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, um, which I saw a funny meme the other day. Uh, why is Ravenclaw an eagle? <laughs> if it's a Ravenclaw, <laughs> is it not? Wait, is it's it? It's an eagle, isn't it? I don't know. I well, maybe. I, I need to look back because I was Slytherin. Like a raven, but maybe it's not. I thought it was an eagle, um, but I just thought. I mean, it is based off. These are last names of people, if that makes sense. So, like, it could, they could change the animals if they wanted to. Um, the, the good news is, at least. Uh, all of these names work for alliteration. Uh, just ironically, it yeah. works out that way. Yeah. Salazar, Slytherin. Slytherin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Godric, Gryffindor. Yeah. Um, so we get to we get sorted into these hats. Um, what's the point? Can you explain to me the point of the sorting hat, Brandon? If ultimately, as we find out in one, you can basically choose what house you want to go to. It's just tell you know. You have an idea of where you want to... I, I... You'd be a good Slytherin. Not <laughs> a lot of... Rah-rah. Oh, please not Slytherin. Gryffindor! <laughs> All right, it's cool. Because he doesn't... He, I, don't, I don't get that. Yeah, and if... Even if there's like... I just can't imagine anyone who'd want to go to Hufflepuff. That's just... And that's just me. I'm like, Hufflepuff? I don't... Sounds the most like... These are children who are going to be coddled and soft and... Hufflepuff, like yeah, that, I, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this. It's a very soft word, and why haven't we got rid of Slytherin House? All evil All wizards evil. come from Slytherin. Of um, Mal- the Malfoy family, yeah. um, the Black family, um, which obviously there are some good people in the Black family, uh, as we find out later on. Yeah. Um, but most of those, why do we still have it? Most of those people are becoming a product of their own environment. Well, and th- let's put them in yeah, a place where they can continue to grow bad. And if you think about, like, if uh, the I think of the final book, the Deathly Hollows, uh, McGonagall goes, "All right, Slytherins to the dungeon." <laughs> <laughs> she just she puts the entire house into the into, into the, the dungeons. dungeons. How have we not got gotten rid of this house yet? <laughs> 
And and guess what? Even after the Battle of Hogwarts, if you see like um, Albus uh, Severus Potter, if you go into Slytherin, it's going to be okay. Like they still have Slytherin House 20 years later, even though they know how terrible it is. Eh, it bothers me. It bothers me a little bit. Yeah. Um, so everyone gets sorted. I think that's kind of cool, but I just hate. It would be cool if you weren't allowed to choose. I'd really prefer that. But Sorting Hat's pretty dope. Everyone's got their wands that choose them. Um, so, but that's going back to uh, whatever the name of that place is where you buy. All oh, Ollivander's. Oh no, Diagon Alley. Yeah, Diagon Alley, um, which we find out later on. Harry's wands connected to Voldemort. Uh, oh, we haven't even talked about Voldemort yet. Uh, this guy who tried to kill Harry Potter uh, as a child, but. The mother's um, love, it's not a curse, the love, love spe- spell, charm, love charm or whatever, something prote- that, protects Harry, kills Voldemort, well, almost kills Voldemort. Um, great plot device again. It's cool that they have the wands that connect with each other, and we first see that in, um, in I keep episode four, and I just have Star Wars on the brain, um, <laughs> in book four, in movie four. Yeah. Um, but I don't. But it also seems cheap. It's cool, but cheap at the same time. I don't know. Like, oh, how are you? How are you able to survive? Well, it's because you can't kill him because of that wand. Anyways. Um. So wands, cool. Uh, I enjoy that. Uh, let's talk about one of my least favorite things, if you don't mind. Um, Quidditch. Quidditch. Once again, J.K. Rowling trying her darndest to come up with some sort of wizarding thing like oh they have to have sports can i just point out really quick normal world normal humans hundreds of different sports you got your basketballs you got your footballs both with your foot and throwing baseball cricket um, swimming the olympics are going on so just think of all the sports that are in there skiing snowboarding whatever Uh, and then the wizarding world's guest got one i know that you can't like even just like mentions of other sports you just got Quidditch. True. And it's ultimately soccer with higher scores. Well, there you go. I was going to say, I was like, but to their defense, I mean, soccer being you know as big as it is in Europe, that's like, even then, there's still tons of other sports, but it's like, you know, it's the, the wizarding soccer. And probably the sport that everyone only, like everyone would want to play anyway. And Brandon, I'm just going to throw a few, a few stats out for you quick about the great world of Quidditch. Um... It's nonsensical, let's be honest. Um, got the quaffle. So what you do with the quaffle, like I don't know why I'm explaining this to people. People already know this. Quaffle's worth 10 points. Get it through one of the three hoops. The bludgers, there's two of them. They're going around trying to hit you the entire time. Um, kind of, I like, like the bludgers are the smartest part of Quidditch in my opinion. I like that. Like, oh yeah, there's like these enchanted balls that try to kill you. Great, it's great. Let's have children play this game. Um, and then the snitch, which is easily the biggest blunder that J.K. Rowling does, worth 150 points. So ultimately, if you don't score the quaffle 15 times, you better hope you catch the snitch. And that's and that's stopping the other team from scoring anything. Exactly. Yeah. Which can also come down to, like, obviously, it being a team sport, you're just like, well, if we just have the best you know, snitch catcher in the world, I don't know the name of it, but, like, snitch catcher in the world, 
Seeker, I believe oh is what it's God. called. Brandon the Seeker. the Seeker. Don't worry. You've, in all fairness, Brandon has had way more not like, oh, yeah, that's a Diagon Alley. <laughs> oh, yeah, Ollivander's like, the Seeker. You, you, you know this a lot better than I do. <laughs> yeah, but. And, I ju- and I just read these books. <laughs> you just need the best Seeker in the game. Oh, and if he and catches by it, by the way. Well, and one of my favorite things is a Victor Crumb in um, the World Cup. When Victor Crumb is just like, um, even if I can't, like, this is the one example that they have where it's like 180. I don't know what the actual, it's 180 to zero. And Victor Crumb just catches the snitch, 180 to 150. They lose just to end the game. I'm like, what's, what's that about? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, but more power to you, dude. Yeah. Um, also played on broomsticks. Um, and what bothers me in the first Harry Potter is, so first years generally aren't allowed to play, but Harry is just an amazing uh, broomstick rider. Cool. Like, I think that's 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 cool, whatever. Um, and the good news is Professor McGonagall does not play favorites. Oh, wait, yes. She buys one of the most expensive broomsticks on the market. The new Nimbus 2000. For Harry Potter. And let's be on a teacher's salary. There is no way that she is affording that, unless for some reason her parents also died at the age of twenty <laughs> and left her a small fortune. Like I don't, I don't understand how that's happening. She's one of those uh, professors that worked uh, years and years and years in the industry and then uh, retired to academia. So, <laughs> but, but like, it's funny that you say like, "What's the industry? The wizarding industry? Like, what? I don't even understand exactly what. Like, if you think about it, the Ministry of Magic is the only place you can go, or I guess you can go." Uh, um, study dragons and mystical creatures. Like that, you really don't have that many career options if you're a, if you're a wizard. You either have to teach, or work a diagon alley. Oh yeah, or work a diagon. Like I don't, and I don't understand how money works in this either. Like, why are the Malfoys rich? I, like they don't. He doesn't work. He's a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> Just a and, and he's stay-at-home mom and dad, and then you send your kids to school. Like, so what are you doing while your kids are at school? I don't know. Just cause it. That's why there's so much drama in, in the wizarding world, because they just have time to stir shiz up. <laughs> um, but that is is Quidditch. Um, my least favorite thing. A lot of people will like it for some reason. I do not. Um, also, I feel like there's a lot of giving kids way too much um, responsibility in the wizarding world as well. Maybe it's going to help them prepare for the future, but uh, that's one thing that bought, like the biggest problem that I have with book one, no one talks about this. I'm not hundred percent sure if I'm correct about this. Dumbledore, who is the headmaster, one of the greatest wizards of all time. He is the one who stops um, Grindelwald. Back in the 30s, um, we're going to be seeing that soon with the Jude Law movie coming out. Um, super genius, really smart guy. He gives a deathly hollow to Harry Potter. Is the is is not the invisibility cloak a deathly hollow like that one that he has? Yeah. I think it's a plot hole that J.K. Rowling has because in in principle. Um, Ron, in book one, he goes like, oh, that's an invisibility cloak. That's so cool. But never do we see another invisibility cloak until they talk about it in the Deathly Hollows. Yeah. Dumbledore gave a Deathly Hollow 
and that also means Dumbledore at one point had all three Deathly Hollows in his possession, right? He had. It was the he didn't have the Resurrection Stone. Who had that? I don't remember. I just remember Dumbledore didn't get that till like book six or something. How does he get the Resurrection Stone? Book five. Shoot, I don't remember. Because he had the wand and the and the, the wand and the, uh, and the cape. but it was I mean the visibility cloak was the Potter's. Yeah, it was Lillian James. So then, and like, Dumbledore was holding on to it. Exactly, Dumbledore's like, "This is your inheritance. Like, this actually came from your parents." Which Dude, I, I have to look that up. And I understand him wanting to like separate them, being like, "I can't have both because it'll be really easy for someone to come and get both." Like the Resurrection Stone. Yeah, how the heck does he get this? I don't know. Uh, the only thing I remember is him just like wanting to. There was a curse on it or something. Isn't that right? D- no. Um, Dumbledore had it because he had to have had it because Dumbledore placed it in the snitch, if that makes sense. So that's how he eventually, like Harry Potter puts it in his mouth and then Infinity Stone comes out after it opens. So Dumbledore had all three. But isn't that one of the reasons why Dumbledore, like Dumbledore, wasn't it a curse? Like Dumbledore had tried to use the resurrection that, he had, stone? that was the ring. <laughs> the ring was destroyed in 1996 by Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> But the stone was placed in... Maybe the stone was in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And Because it was cursed. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But anyways, mm-hmm. that, that's crazy. He had all three. But yeah, you're right. So he would have had that in book six. That's when he gets like the hand disease. Um, and then building off of how these kids just are allowed to go and do whatever they want. Um, we got the restricted book section at Hogwarts. For some reason, you could put that anywhere. You put it at the school. What's that about? <laughs> I I didn't get that. I mean, obviously, another plot device because they find a lot of stuff there that helps them out. And there's yeah. And in Harry Potter one, what's the deal with the uh, the mirror? Like, I think it's weird that Dumbledore just placed that in a random room for Harry to find. Like instead of placing it at the um, at the Philosopher's Stones area, eventually. Oh wait! Oh, it's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wait, there's no point for it to be there. No, he should have just put it down with the the stone. But um, yeah, just another little thing that I was confused about. Um, I'm just going rapid fire on some of these because they're not huge deals, but they're just like things I'm like they're small enough to be like yeah, that's right. Because that that yeah, it was in the end. It's where I mean, it's cool. Being... He goes and like sees his parents, like, oh yeah, this is cool. Like, uh, uh, and by the way, um, as far as the movies goes, I feel like the worst thing that happened was um, Richard Harris dying. Loved him as Dumbledore. Oh yeah, I really yeah. like Richard Harris. Um, but you can't always have uh, what you want. Yeah, that was that was a shame. That was. Uh... Yeah, that took, that took me some getting used to in the third movie. Because there's a third movie that they brought in, the new actor, whose name is escaping me. But Yeah, it's, it escapes everyone, because I think all he ever did was the Harry Potter movies and made millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Hagrid's got a dragon mm-hmm. um, that he's trying to hide. Uh, and I have, I have written down here in our notes, <laughs> just because it makes me laugh, like, 
Well, yeah, you got to have dragons, right? Since it's a fantasy thing. Like, I feel like that's, it just feels like that's what J.K. Rowling was doing. They're like, yeah, there's dragons here. Of course there are. They talked about dragons in the in the Dark Ages, so that means, you know, we got to have those too. With Merlin and all the other magicians. Yeah, and I don't understand why we as humans never see dragons. Um, I know that they put spells and stuff on us, but dragons and um, giants, we should be seeing those on the reg because you can't control those things. Um, and then next thing, uh, detention is the worst thing in the wizarding world. So you got 11 year old to 17 year old kids. Um, Umbridge would be my main example. She has this thing that makes you write scars on your hand. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Literal torture. Um, causing children physical pain, bleeding. And I know that. And I know that Dumbledore's gone, but where's McGonagall on that one? Where's even Snape on that one? I feel like Snape would not be okay with that. Snape would even... Yeah. I think it's just the power of the ministry behind stupid Dolores. Just frightened, frightened most people. And then um, in, in book one, you have them going into the Forbidden Forest, and Hagrid sends Malfoy off with, with Harry. To go find someone who's been killing unicorns, which is like a huge offense. Yeah. Like, unicorns have been dying for their magical power, so someone's killing them. Let's go see if we can figure out what it is. Uh, and be careful, 11-year-olds. <laughs> and I must admit, though, the, the blood of unicorns is super cool looking. Yeah. Uh, in, in the movie, they do a really good job with that. Um, then you have creepy, um, as we later find out, Professor Quirrell bending over... Um, eating that blood to keep Voldemort alive on the back of his head, which is one of the creepiest things ever. Um, like, that was, like, super dark, I thought, for the first book. Like, that's... And the reason being is because I one time watched a... Um... Do you remember the Outer Limits at all? Yeah. An Outer Limits episode that just gave me nightmares when I was a kid was this guy started growing a face on the back of his head. Ooh. And, like, you could start to see the face coming out of his hair sort of thing. Like, he, he had these pulsing headaches. He's like, why can I see what's going on behind me? Um, and that just always gave me nightmares. And so this thing also, super creepy to me because it's basically the same thing. <laughs> oh. um, but at the same time, kind of, kind of a cool thing that she came up with there. I'm not going to falter on that. Um, and so basically what we have here now is... Uh, we can go to episode one um, more because so Voldemort's on the back of Quirrell. They don't know that mm -hmm. he's trying to get the um, Philosopher's Stone, which will uh, whoever has it gives them life. Um, Ron, Hermione, and um, Harry have to go through the set of challenges in order to get to it. Um, you got Fluffy the three-headed dog. Um, they figure out that you need a music to put him to sleep because Hagrid's an idiot. Um, <laughs> uh, they do that one fairly easily. Um, the keys. The but I want to know how Professor Quirrell knew what the key, what, what key to grab because they knew the key based on like oh his wing is damaged he must have been grabbed and then they went after that key but like I'm sure there's obviously there's so much more that we wouldn't understand or wouldn't know but like looking at all those keys I'm like I have how would I have no idea. Stupefy, just stop them all. And then just... Yeah, he's, he's well. Even then, but like, if you stupefy them, like they're all gonna fall down. They all look the same, don't they? They all look the same. Yeah. Um, 
ah, that's a real, I didn't even think about that. Like it's cool and stupid. Like basically what she's playing into is, all right, we got to get Harry. She foreshadows all of this. There's going to be chess. Ron loves chess. Um, the dog with the biting of Snape's leg. Um, the keys, like Harry's really good at flying on a broom. And then um, Hermione, Hermione's smart and has read about the Devil's Snare. So I, I, I personally think that she was just trying to figure it out, and she didn't do a great job. <laughs> just like uh, some keys flying. Yeah, that sounds like wizard kind of stuff, right? And then eventually, uh, I personally my favorite challenge is the chess one where Ron sacrifices himself. Mm-hmm. How cool would it have been if they killed Ron? <laughs> that then get a little yeah. a little dark at the first book. Wouldn't it, yeah, it wouldn't have had to take in three books to get dark. It would have just been <laughs> Ooh. Oh, this is for old. Then I would have understood the Christians being all up in arms about it. They killed the redhead. Actually, we're okay with that. <laughs> killed the ginger. Um Oh yeah, this is something though. Like, how'd Quirrell get across that? And I was wondering the same thing. Because you, they get there and the, the chessboard's set up. He just automatically has to... Yeah, because... Yeah, unless these somehow regenerate each time. Which I feel like it's... That like that has to be the only explanation. Yeah, because I was like... Because uh, there's no broken pieces anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, eventually he gets there. It's the, the mirror that shows you what you want. It's not working for Quirrell because... It's... It should have been Voldemort that would look into the mirror, right? And then he would have been able to get it? Yeah, maybe. Because, and basically, like, the mirror is basically just the room of acquirement, right? Requirement? Yeah. So it sort of does, it works the same way. Gets the stone, Harry Potter gets it, and then in a Wizard of Oz sort of twist, uh, water burns witches, touching Harry Potter for Voldemort at this time, melts you as well. Burns him's face, turns him into stone. Yeah. And then, like, I have that written down here, too. I'm like, oh, how convenient that the mirror is there and that Harry knew all about it. It's as if, it's as if, which would be totally okay with me, what if Dumbledore just orchestrated all of these things just to make Harry a better wizard? Could have been. I would be 100% okay if that was the explanation to it, because, good golly, if you think about Harry Potter and, like, um, Hogwarts... The most kids are getting killed every like, the, the potential to die every single book, every single book. And I know that that's not the first time that that has been said, but like, what's that about? Yeah, the magical world. And yeah, even oh, you bring up a good point because I hadn't even think like the wands themselves. Like that's a that's a gun. <laughs> it just takes one troubled child to you know evade cadaver his way through the school. Yeah. Um, and why doesn't that happen more? I think, I mean, not to get too political. Of course. Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's jump into gun control. Wand how does, control, how does, that's what they how call does, it. How come, how come it's not happening at Hogwarts, but it is in America? <laughs> um, that is kind of interesting that you don't see that more often. Like, why? Like, you don't see Avada Kedavra until book uh, seven. Well, no. like, you don't see it from a student until um, the Deathly Hollows. And it's... Uh, Crabber Goyle, I believe, doing it at Harry in That's the right. 
the like the storage room. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what that's called. I'll just call it the storage room. Going back to that though, horrible school. How does how does uh book one end? It ends with Slytherin winning the house cup, Mm. and then. And then Dumbledore doing the big, oh, by the way, no wonder Slytherin House is so pissed off all the time. It's like, actually, give 250 points to Gryffindor for acts of bravery. And look at that. Like, the, the thing I love, though, is he actually lets the green of Slytherin be there, and then he changes it. He's just, <laughs> just like, gotcha. Like a total gotcha moment by Dumbledore. And like that. It, that bothers me. Like that's so. Uh, it's got to be so emotionally damaging to kids to be like, "Yeah, we won." Just kidding. I hope you guys don't try to kill us in the Battle of Hogwarts in Book Seven. <laughs> I would have, man. I would have. I think obviously I know the contention has to happen of it being Slytherin, but if it was Hufflepuff, that was like the one that projected to be the winner. <laughs> <laughs> I never win anything exactly. We're never remembered. No one knows who we are. But, but then there's like there's the the part of me that thinks that even if like Hufflepuff like last second loses everything, they're like, uh huh, that's okay. We're happy you won. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's it doesn't matter. Like we're just we're just happy to be here. Exactly. Exactly. Like the fact that we're even mentioned is great. <laughs> oh, so true. That's so true. Um, what was I gonna? We didn't really go over. We can do this whenever we do. I think what we could do next with this is basically just do all the rest of the books very quickly, just like their plots. Yeah. Because we've, I feel like we've gotten a lot of my, at least personally for me, like problems with just wizarding in general. Mm-hmm. General. Um. Because we didn't really talk about Snape at all. Yeah. But that's right. more, more and more as that goes on, um, I will have less and less respect for Snape, and I don't know why. He becomes this martyr mm. in book seven, um, but easily, and the Malfoys, uh, the worst characters in the book, because there's so, all of them are conniving, and there is no reason for Snape once again to hate Harry Potter as much as he does. None, because of because of his dad. And there's how petty. There's like. And this will be good. This will be good going forward for for the next ones because I'm like Team Snape, all the way, like Severus Snape. So we'll have some good quarrels. Because I almost said Quidditch. We'll have some good Quidditch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have some. We'll have some good Professor quarrels. Um, all these stupid Q words. Um, because I am. He's always like, "Oh, you have your mother's eyes." I'm like, "Just look at the kid's eyes all the time." Then you, you jerk face. <laughs> it's his mother's um, eyes with um, his father's face. Yeah, I do eventually start to. There, there. Now that I'm thinking about, it, there are a lot of things to talk about in each book because um maybe we'll try to like split them up because we've done book one, just two, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, because, like, I think it sets you up to hate Dumbledore in book seven. Um. I don't know. Like, if Dumbledore is planning this, like everything, yeah. it makes sense. But like, I there was some interesting stuff that, like, they started to you know re- like release about Dumbledore in the seventh book. That I'm just like, wow. I'm interested I think it just they're doing this. I think it just goes back to J.K. Rowling didn't know what she was doing. Like, she's just writing as she's going, and then eventually she's like, oh yeah, Dumbledore knew the entire time that Harry was was gonna have to die, but he also knew that. Harry wasn't gonna die. Like I don't know. 
it's just we can discuss that later but i think this does a really good job of um wizarding in general and then also um just my vitriol for Harry Potter as well, because I'm just like, I don't, I still don't get it. Um, and the fact that I am spending this much time talking about it um, is just because of how big of a phenomenon it like it, there are parks for this now mm-hmm. there. You, you can go and get pictures at, um, at freaking King square or whatever it's called. Um, I went there in November to King. What's it called? King station. Kings, Kings crossing, Kings crossing. Um, I went there. You can go and get a, your picture taken there with the stupid little cart um, and pay for actual printouts of it with your little wizarding thing. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a phenomenon that I think is just... And, and people will just travel just to go to something like that. And I don't know why. <laughs> um, but that is all I have to say about Harry Potter 1 for now. Um, go watch it. It's on HBO Go right now, everybody. Um, you're just gonna love seeing young Hermione, um, young young Daniel Radcliffe, mm-hmm. and uh, Rupert Grint acting Rupert their darndest. Watch it if you don't have the time. Don't read it if you have the time. <laughs> if you have the time, read it and then go watch it. Actually, better yet, they came out with illustrated books. They're pretty. I I read the second one illustrated, oh, and nice. I was like. I can do this. Yeah. I wish there was more. Of exactly. This. We have. We I'm have, still a child. We have the first three, so they're coming out one with every year. So we will have seven before you know it. Yeah. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. Hope you uh, enjoyed, and I hope I turned you off from Harry Potter. I hope. I'm sure Brandon hopes he turned you on to it. Um, <laughs> we or will, he's indifferent. I don't know. <laughs> we um, we will have more battles to come. Uh, and my persuasion. Oh, I'm, will I'm be stoked to... for the Snape thing. Oh yes. Because I I'm just interested to see what you have to say about Snape. I'm like, what? Okay, cool. He loved Lily. Like, I'm just interested to see like what your rationale is. Oh, oh, for sure, for sure. Team Snape. All right, Team Snape all the all way. Right. All right. I'll uh, talk to you guys later. <laughs> Goodbye. We hope you stay for a while Give us one more chance to change your mind